This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tap, no matter where you are. Even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. Hello again, I am Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. And today's guest has spent most of her career in healthcare focusing on the opportunities that exist between payers, providers, and innovative companies to improve the healthcare system. That's certainly something that we need. She has created dozens of new partnerships that reduce healthcare costs and improve outcomes across the healthcare industry. In fact, you'll hear a consistent theme there about reducing healthcare costs and improving outcomes. She began her career at Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina and led initiatives in marketing, strategy, and business development. She was part of the team that started a healthcare consulting division to bring together sales, healthcare operations, and healthcare strategy teams. For this and other work, she was awarded the Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina CEO Award for her dedication to the company's mission. Since Blue Cross Blue Shield, she was a founding team member of Mosaic Health Solutions and Echo Health Ventures, which focused on making direct investments in innovative healthcare companies and developing partnerships across the healthcare ecosystem to improve outcomes and reduce healthcare costs. She's currently the founder and president of Fieldstone Perspectives, a consulting company supporting strategic growth opportunities and partnerships for her clients. She currently serves on the Campbell University School of Business Advisory Board and has served on other nonprofit boards in North Carolina. So she lives in North Carolina with her husband and three children. Please welcome to Leading from the Front, Cassie Wallace. Thank you, Dr. Gary. It's great to be here. I hope in these conditions today, Cassie, you're doing well and your family is doing well and are healthy. We are. We are so healthy and we're trying to enjoy every moment that we have together. Now, every moment is not the best, but we are trying to make the best out of it and have had some really great experiences over these last couple of months, even though it has been a really trying time for our country. It is a struggle. And I'm really excited today because having talked to you a little bit, looking at your bio, the subtitle of Leading from the Front is the ability to lead without the responsibility. It's, it's leadership without responsibility, leadership without authority. And today we get to talk to someone who did a lot of that and can share some insights into that. So talk a little bit more about your background, how you started and what, where you are today with this journey that you're on of, of leadership and, and helping the healthcare industry. Well, I mean, this is a, what a great mission. Well, thank you. Yes, you're right. I, and the perfect example of leading without authority. I feel like that has been what I've done for the majority of my career. 
you know, I have had, you know, episodes and different times in my career when I've had those great direct reports, but for the, the most of the time has been really focused on an organization, the initiatives, trying to push through initiatives with, you know, kind of the middle management layer and getting teams from all different areas of the company and outside the company working together for that one common goal. It can be really challenging. It can be really rewarding. I feel like having that kind of leadership, that that type of position, it frees you up to be your own individual leader. And so when I look at, you know, a formal reporting structure, there are certain things that have to be done um, as far as, you know, the personnel piece and the management piece. But when you're leading in an informal way or in a non-authoritarian way, you do have a little bit more flexibility. And what I mean by that is being able to work one-on-one with team members, being able to focus on that individual. And the reason I always keep that in the forefront of my mind is one of my favorite leaders that I reported to early on in my career, I had a little story that kind of illustrates this picture, but it stuck with me. And I try to always remember this, but we had a huge project. It was a huge initiative that I was leading. And one evening I got an email that said, there's an error on the spreadsheet and we're going to present that like a huge error. And we're going to present this in the morning. We need to get this fixed tonight. So it was all mine. I was completely responsible for it and was going to work on it. But at the same time, I also had a very small child who was just starting to eat solid foods and we had introduced some new foods and we, she had a pretty bad reaction. And so I fired off a quick email. I will get to this tonight, but right now I've got an issue with my daughter. She's having a reaction to some foods, but I will have this done. We took care of our situation at home got the spreadsheet worked out, went into my boss's office the next morning. And I was like, okay, we've got this. We're ready to go. And started laying out our plan for that meeting where we were going to present uh, to the full leadership team. And he said, whoa, 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 time out. First of all, how's your daughter? I know that can be really scary. Is she okay? How are you? How did you deal with it? And he stopped me in my tracks on what was probably one of At that point in my career, it was probably one of the most important meetings I'd ever had. He stopped me in my tracks, wanted to make sure I was okay, wanted to make sure my child was okay, and then got us refocused on what we needed to be doing. And it stopped. It just made me pause for a moment to say he didn't have to do that, but he genuinely cared about me, you know, in my state and my child. And I always remembered it. And it kind of goes back to the it's all about people, you know, keep it simple, stupid. It's all about people, stupid. You know, I tell myself that a lot of times. If- Back up for a second though, when you talk about that and and that kind of hit you in that meeting and and he asked that question and kind of, it, it broke your concentration around the project. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. You know, kind of, I think we've all been in that situation where somebody's asked a question like that. How did you feel about that? What was the your reaction you're feeling when you realized that this guy really does care. I mean, it was almost like I was able to exhale, mm. you know, you're very much, you know, on you're, you're on your game, you're ready to present, you've got it all together. And someone stops and asks you, how are you? It lets you just pause, take a breath, exhale, relax a little bit, and then move on. So it, it I felt like, you know, it wasn't an, an interruption or a break of concentration in a negative way. It was a, let me break your concentration and make sure that this is, that we can take care of you. And then whenever you are presenting 
to the leadership team, you're 100%. And this isn't in the back of your mind either. So it, it humanized our relationship. And really, I felt like took it and shaped our relationship a little bit differently, where I trusted him to know and to care about me and what was important to me. Yeah, so I can only imagine the night before, you know, this this big mistake strikes you. And at the same time, your your daughter gets sick and you have to make a decision. I mean, we all have to make these life's decisions, right? What's most important now, here you are a mom with your daughter. For most people, I would hope that would be an easy decision. Even if you couldn't fix the air or if you had to stay up all night or whatever you had to do, you would do it. But you take care of your daughter and you go in there. But there has to be that moment where you're like, you, you have to make that decision in that moment, right? And there's got to be some concern, some worry about which way do I go? How do I handle this? I know what I need to do, right? So it can be a little confusing at that, at that absolute moment. And it seems like through all of that, your boss or this person that, I don't know if it was your boss or just an executive, just washed all that concern away. He did. And made me realize going forward. And so, you know, I've had several kids since then and, you know, have grown, I've grown my family since then. It lets me know it's okay to make the number one thing, the number one thing, which is my family. And then the work will, will always get done, but it's how we get the work done and how we build our relationships with each other that can make it fun and rewarding or can make it extremely stressful. So let's let's go back to that and a lot of these going back into your history. When was it and how was it that you realized that, you know, with that building the relationship, but also all of the skills that you were learning were actually leadership skills, even though you didn't have the position. These are all leadership skills. You're exactly right. And I think I shared with you earlier, when I was at Blue Cross, I was either referred for every leadership program or recommended for every leadership program, or I signed myself up. So kind of whatever was needed at the time, I made sure I was in every, uh, every opportunity there was to, you know, grow my skill set, grow my capabilities, grow my leadership capabilities. I was there both inside the organization and outside. And I think, you know, that's apparent with the board positions I sought out with the nonprofits and some of the other work that I do. And I was constantly trying to grow my leadership and knowing that I was recommended by executives in my company, I I worked extremely hard, but then I stopped, you know, kind of midway through, I'm going, you know, I've kind of been doing this leading with no authority for a long time. And even though my breadth of work kept growing, I'm going, you know, where's that, where's that moment when I get that, um, leadership, you know, I'm leading 150 employees or I've got an entire department underneath my authority and my leadership. And that didn't happen. And that was really discouraging, knowing how hard I'd worked and and the focus I had on growing myself and my career. And I remember I had a mentor and I was talking with her. Actually, before even that, I was, my confidence started, felt like my confidence was beginning to erode away. I didn't necessarily trust what was going on? Are you really? So part of the outcome that you were looking from all this hard work and development and learning was, was a promotion. So in your mind, it wasn't coming. So you're doing something wrong. So I would say the type of promotion wasn't coming, thinking I was doing something wrong. So definitely getting promoted, definitely getting broader scope of work, but it wasn't getting that leadership promotion to say, Hey, you've got this team, you've got all these folks depending on you and you're driving an entire department that never came. And so I started 
wondering what was I doing wrong? Am I, am I failing at this? What is, am I, is there something that is keeping me from going to that next level or doing that next thing? And I had actually talked with a mentor. I'd sought out, you know, through all of my programs, I had um, typically a mentor assigned, but in addition to the programs I was a part of that had mentors, I sought out folks. I sought out leaders in the organization that number one, I built, I was able to build a relationship with. I like their leadership style. Whatever the reason, I always had a mentor that I was working with. And so at that time, I talked with my mentor and I said, you know, look at this. I'm doing everything in the world. And her advice to me was, you are a leader. And if you think you're a failure, maybe you need to change your definition. And I said, and that kind of made me say, what? what? What are you talking about? In my mind, I'd always had a leader is truly that with authority, with, you know, a large team under them. That's a true leader. And her advice to me was, you're actually, you're leading in more difficult situations and you get these, you know, higher visibility initiatives. You get the broader work because you are such a strong leader at getting the work done. And when you don't have that authority. And so, you know, that's a unique skill and that's a unique capability that not everyone can do. And you've excelled at it. And so whenever she told me that, I thought, you know, you're right. I truly am leading in a different way and looking at, you know, how I had always looked at different leaders who I trusted, who I felt comfortable with, who I thought, you know, really humanized our relationship, our professional relationship. I found that that was happening with me, with, with colleagues. And so, you know, employees and, and partners along my same level within the company. And so I, it was just a, you're a leader, but by what definition? Our definition of leadership at Staterius is the ability to build relationships. So it starts with just what you're talking about, build relationships so we can achieve our goals together with compassion and accountability. And as a consultant myself for the last uh, 12 years and having done it in the past, and I know you, you found yourself in this situation because you said earlier, you get more flexibility. You get a little bit more autonomy. You can, by the nature of the work that you do, you can break down barriers. You can walk into people's offices that are outside your chain of command, quote unquote, because it's part of your job, right? And, and that flexibility, I can remember I did this with a client once. I'm coaching a vice president who was struggling with getting some resources. I won't go into the details of it, but it was preventing his sales team from making the kinds of sales because there was a piece of equipment that wasn't available to them. And I'm sitting there, I said, well, how long have you been dealing with this? And he said, like six months. I'm like, this is nuts. So I said, just, I'll be right back. I walked into the executive vice president's office. I asked him, do you have a minute? And I told him a story about a, actually a family member of mine that were going to buy services from them. And he turned them down because they didn't have the equipment to do the job right. And he says, why? And I said, yeah, well, you've been sitting on this request for six months to get this equipment. And he, he turns to, he literally turned around, put his fingers on the keyboard, wrote an email, got it changed. And in, in 30 days, their salespeople's sales doubled. Exactly. And it's that kind of thing that we get to do, whether we're an internal or an external consultant, because we can break down barriers sometimes that seem so obvious, right? I'm sure that happened to you when you were developing these relationships. Every day, every day. Uh, and I had the ability and the flexibility to walk into any office I needed to walk into and have the conversations I needed to have without going through a chain of command. So you're exactly right. And 
you know, it, it was a more, I could do things in my own style too. So yes. on a more personal level, be more transparent, really, truly have the opportunity to build a relationship, relationships that have stayed with me, you know, 10, 12, 15 years later that I'm continuing to work with these individuals. It was tough. And once I realized, and once I kind of made that pivot in my thinking of change your definition of a leader and really embrace what type of leader you are and the, uh, the authority, not necessarily structured authority, but the authority that you actually have. And so I was truly an internal consultant type role through, throughout most of my career. From there, I actually started my own business being a consultant where I have no authority over anyone, but I use my leadership, my relationships, my flexibility to get work done, work that would, they would never be able to do otherwise. One of the things I find that's fascinating is just, I'm sorry if I to interrupt, but this idea of building relationships, and maybe you were just going there. We're not taught how to build a relationship. We watch people, our parents, our friends, our siblings, depending on the environment you're brought up, brought up in, that's kind of how you decide to build relationships. And it's quite often very dysfunctional. (laughs) So how did you do it with, you know, with the flexibility and the autonomy that you had Cassie to just go out there and build it. How do, how do you do that? One thing I would say my first thing is I go back to that example that I had of my old boss. It's all about people. And I, I am genuinely interested in, in knowing you, knowing your story. I want you to know my story. I like to share who I am and really op- open some doors where you're not talking about the business at hand necessarily. To me, that's enjoyable. And whenever I say I've got the flexibility, I have that flexibility. And even today, whenever I am working with you know new clients or putting new partnerships together, companies that maybe wouldn't have worked together otherwise, had it not been for, let's look at how we may be able to take one and one equal five um, by br- bringing you two together. I spend most of my initial meetings getting to know the person because I feel like I like to work with people I like. I like to do business with people I like. I don't have to love them, but it, if I'm interested, there's there's a connection point with that person personally. And um, and from there, then you're able to get the work done. Like, And I go back to what I said earlier, too. You can get the work done. The work's going to get done. You know, 90% of the time it's going to get, 99% of the time it's going to get done. It's how you get it done. It can either be fun. It can be enjoyable. It can be a really valuable experience or it can be a really stressful experience. And that is one thing. That yeah. I- or anything in between. Yeah. Right? It's like, and isn't it true that over, over the years, the things that you remember are those times when you really enjoyed the work. And if I asked you at any given time, exactly what was it you were working on? Exactly. You may not even remember, but you remember the interactions and the, and the feeling you have with those people that always had your back. Right. That, you know, really added creativity and differences. And some of the people you were challenged with communicating were some ends up being some of the best friends because they really challenge the way we think. Right. Right. When I say it's flexible, you do. So you're, you're in a flexible position. You have, I was working with executives at the company. I was working with entry level new employees at the company. I was working with folks who wanted, who saw the vision, who wanted to work together and folks who resisted. And I found you know, even so even interns working with an intern, I had interns who trusted me and would come to me with 
oh, I got in trouble for this. How do I how do I solve this problem? I messed up on the agenda for this big meeting. What do I do now? And it was, you know, something completely outside of what I was working on, but I could take the time and and help that intern through a problem that seemed so huge to them. It was their first job. It was very important and they just felt like they got in all kinds of trouble. It can calm someone and help them and build that relationship and then watch them and support their growth through the organization. I can work with you know, executives who see a huge mess and we can start piecing together. How do you make sense of what's going on? How do we start tackling the big problems and working so closely with executives when I've even had one who abruptly had to be out and we were getting ready to go to discovery on one of our deals, one of our investments. And I went by myself and had to represent the entire company and was able to do that because of that relationship. He trusted me to go have those conversations on my own without right. a formal leader. And so it's definitely running the gamut and, and running through all the entire spectrum of types of work and different areas of the company I was able to work with. Yeah, you transitioned really from being that individual contributor and getting this work done. You became the coach and the mentor to some of the younger people. They started coming to you and asking you questions and gave you the opportunity to give back to your mentor by doing that. Right. Exactly. And that's, you know, I was I once I was at a position where I felt, you know, I had I had things to share. I was that formal and informal mentor. And I continue to this day, even a year ago, I'm in my, I've got my own business I'm having meetings, this and the other. And I, I met a CEO of a company with an interaction, a meeting. I was representing another company, but the other CEO, once the interaction and the transaction was done, I called her up and I said, this may seem weird, but I really, I like your style. I'd like to be able to spend time with you because of the way you handled this, this certain situation. And she said, I said, can I have coffee with you every so often? And that opened the door to not only a new mentorship relationship, or mentoring relationship, but it also opened the door to a new client for me. Yeah, sure. Like you said, you, 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 you met this person, you liked them and you decided, I, I like you. I don't work with you. That's what we work I like with. Your style, I like yeah. your style. I want to work with you. Yeah. And that's um, what I hope people take away from me that they, you know, they say, Hey, I like, I like her style. I trust her. It's enjoyable and valuable working with her. And that's who I want to work with. Well, it, it is true in, in a, the kind of work that we do. I mean, my my uh, I always call them my number one clients, Baker Roofing Company, because I actually started playing tennis with Prentice Baker uh, back in 2007, 2008, did a little bit of training with the executive team. And then he hired me in 2009 as a consultant. And here it is, 2020. I'm still working with him. That's great. And it, it's, it's because of the relationship I have with him and the executive team. And uh, I always feel so humbled to have the opportunity to, you know, get a call from Mark Lee as the president or, you know, somebody say, gee, I need a little bit of help. And I'm like, well, where do you want me to go? And what, what time do you want me to be there? And it's just, you know, I, it, it's that kind of a relationship. And uh, those are the things that make up life. Right. Right. It's just that's life. And for us to be struggling every day in our work and not demonstrating good. If, if you're having real challenges at work. You know, it, again, like you said, it's about the people and you might want to start questioning what you're doing to to add to that. There's a book. Uh, I can't even remember the gentleman's name and I'm going to mess it up. Why is it every time I get stabbed in the back, I find my fingerprints on the knife? 
Oh, that's very good. And I think it goes back to what I said, whenever there is that struggle or not, you know, anytime, but when there is a struggle, being able to stop and say, wait, by what definition am I failing? Am I struggling? Am I having a a problem with this person? And sometimes, like you say, it's not always black and white and fit inside that little box that you've always had an idea of how things should work. You've got to be flexible and you've got to be open. You've got to be able to reevaluate the situation all the time. And I even do that today saying, am I, am I being successful with this client? Am I, am I meeting their needs? Am I, am I doing exactly uh, what they expected me to do? When sometimes it doesn't feel like we're going down a smooth path. And I'll say, wait a minute. Are we being successful by whose definition? Oh, so that's the same question your mentor asked you, right? Right. Uh, That is one that stuck with me. One, you know, two, two leadership pieces that have stuck with me throughout my entire career. Wanting to truly know about the person. How was my daughter? He cared about me. Let me care about people. And the other is by whose definition? Make sure you're not blinded by what you have always thought or what a little box you've put in your mind. Let's make sure we take, take a step back and look at how successful we are or by what definition you're, you may be judging something. Well, and I guess that's, it's great when you get that kind of advice. And and I think when you talked about your mentor saying, well, you need to change your definition of leadership. And I'm sure when you, when she said that you were like, huh? What are you talking about? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. She said, yeah, maybe you need to change your definition of leadership. I said, you're a leader. You've got an organization. You've got 200 employees in your organization. And she said, whoa, 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 whoa. But I don't do what you do. Yeah. So by the way, I just wanted to point, how come every time I get stabbed in the back, my fingerprints are on the knife is by Jerry Harvey. There's a friend of mine who was a a graduate student of his. He was a professor. And uh, he also wrote The Abilene Paradox, which a lot of people know about The Abilene Paradox. But yeah, it was a great book. So what advice would you... Well, let's start it this way. Uh, my, My favorite question. If you could write Cassie a letter and send it back 20 years, what would you tell Cassie that you know that you struggled with back then that you'd like yourself to work on sooner? What would that what would that look like? What would be in that letter? In my letter, I would tell myself, focus on the things that build your confidence. So as, you know, like I say, going through the ranks, I feel like I got confidence hits um, quite often when they were actually unnecessarily. It was all in my own head doing it to myself. And so it, it would be focus on how how you are doing well and show up every day and continue to do that every single day. And you will look back and you'll see how far you've come and what you've built over the months, weeks, years. And that is actually the advice I give some, you know, younger colleagues when, you know, people get down and, and, and are struggling or things aren't moving as quickly as they expect them to. I'm like, it's the show up and just every day. It's just do the, do your best, do the best you can every day. It's not saying you do the best job, but you do your best every single day and you show up and you do it today and tomorrow and on and on. You know, I I love the fact that your dog is barking in the background and it's not mine because this is the new standard of of this work that we do. We're we're working from home and it's okay. I mean, the kids come in or the dog comes in and uh, I'm just going to point it out. People go, oh, you know, our producer right now is going, how am I going to get that? You're not going to get it out. Just let the dog bark. It's okay. You know, it's okay because that's let's focus on the important stuff. (laughs) That's our world now. 
Yeah, go with it. That, that's our world now. That is our world. And I feel like folks are so understanding, especially in the immediate current state, but also in the last couple of years as we're working from home. And I, I always try to be transparent with that, even before we were truly at home to say, you may hear a child in the background. You may hear a dog in the background. Let me just go ahead and let you know. And I've never had an issue with it. I think we all we're all so much more understanding now. <laughs> Building relationships, right? It's I had a conversation with a guy in New York City about a month ago in a, in a, in a meeting and his four year old came running in saying they were going to go out to Central Park and feed the birds. And he was like, oh, you know, I'm on a call. I'm on a call. I said, no, 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 no. Bring him in. Let's talk to him for a minute. It'll take one minute for this little guy, you know, to come in and, and get so excited with all this. And I would rather have the, like the way you started this whole thing out. We have to be human. We need to understand. We need to demonstrate we care and we got to quit worrying about the little shit. It's just, it's not that important. There's a dark, you know, I'll, I'll call Bailey up here and he can start barking. I mean, my yellow lap, you know, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just important to be human. And I think that that's, the best way that we could end this podcast is by just saying, be human, build relationships. And is there anything else that you would want to, want to share with how we build relationships? You're, you're an expert at this. I'm just going to put it out there. You, you had all these positions where you made some great things happen in your career. And now as a consultant, and, uh, and then I want to uh, tell people how they get in touch with you. If they want to, if they want to talk to Cassie about the work that you do. Great. Great. I would say, you know, be interested and ask questions and, and be transparent. I'm, I'm interested. I asked you when, when we were first talking, I'm asking you about your son and his college that he, he went to and how did all that work with, with the tennis and, and everything. And so I'm truly interested in being interested. But then it's also when you are trying to get initiatives done, when you're trying to meet goals, continue to follow up with folks. Whenever I get ideas from friends or actually today I had a friend recommend a realtor in another area. I gave him a call, followed up with her. Hey, that was great. We connected. Just let people know how you can help them and how they've been able to help you. Good. Good. So, so Cassie, what are you, uh, what are you working on now? What's the, you said you're a consultant. So talk a little bit about what, uh, what you do. So, yeah, I'm working with uh, a couple companies in the healthcare space. One is a palliative care technology company. I have a passion around advanced illness and palliative care and making sure folks get the appropriate care at the appropriate time. And so working with this company um, that's got a great technology that connects all the providers in the ecosystem, payers, really what I did when you, the way you described my bio, working with payers, providers, and the patients to ensure that folks get the right care at the right time focus in that advanced illness space specifically. That's great work. And so I'm helping them with some strategy work as well as going into new new areas, new um, revenue streams for that company. And then I'm working with a third-party administrator with some of the programs um, that they need to put in place for client retention and client growth and program development. It's got to be interesting work and a complex strategy when you talk about patients uh, payers and providers and bringing those three together in a way that, that that's effective and it works. And so it's valuable for everyone. And you look at, you know, how are we improving outcomes for every single stakeholder as well as continuing to reduce those healthcare costs because it's, it's crazy right now. Yeah. So how do, how do people get a hold of Cassie? 
So yeah, I'm on, you can find me Cassie Wallace on LinkedIn or shoot an email to me at cwallace at fieldstoneperspectives.com. Great. Great. Well, we'll, we'll put your uh, email address right in the, uh, in the notes. So people will have that if they want to get a hold of you, just look for Cassie Wallace in North Carolina. You're probably the only one in North Carolina. That's right. That, that's great. Cassie, I want to thank you today for uh, being our guest and talking about building relationships and, and, and changing our perspective a little bit on this thing we call leadership and, and how leadership truly is a responsibility, not a position. And for people to think at any time that, you don't have a voice. I want to tell you that you do build those skills. Thank you. you. Definitely yes. Do. Build those skills, learn how to communicate, learn how to get your point across. And the better you get at it, the better the situation is for you and the work that you do in, in, in the mission in life. So thank you very much, Kat. Thank you so much, Dr. Gary. It has been a, a true pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm Dr. Gary making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. And this has been Leading from the Front, where we've learned that leadership really is a responsibility, not a position. Thank you. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit PeterKatz.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.